0: listening to Adoption Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBT adoption and fostering charity New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor and this week I'm going to be having a cup of tea with Demetrius and Yanis and talking about adoption when you have autism and also coming out to family abroad. Hi both of you. Hello. Nice to have you both here. Um, we are still at summer camp and I have grabbed more willing volunteers to come and be on the podcast. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. Glad um, to be here. I'm glad. Can you say a bit about where you are in the adoption process?
1: Hello, uh, I am Yanis. Um, We, My husband and I, we're doing our second, beginning a second stage of uh, adoption process still towards the end of September maybe. And we thought that the... Um, Coming here as a volunteer would be a really great opportunity for uh, childcare experience and, you know, just meeting other LGBT plus families. And it has been a great, great opportunity and a great experience uh, that, up until this point.
0: That's not up until this point. You're qualifying it. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> what I meant is like, this is my first. I have to uh, explain that. Also, this is my first time. Uh, doing any sort of camp activities. So that's why I said it like that at this point. And, yeah, it has been an amazing experience. And I'm sure this
2: will continue.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Uh,
2: That's what I wanted to say. Yanni seems to be enjoying himself so much. I I have experience with camping, so I kind of... This was what I was expecting. But it, it has been quite a a very enlightening experience of getting to know people that have already adopted and gave us a lot of information. And a lot of the parents that are here started by coming here as volunteers, which was, it's, it's, we, we think we're in the right uh, route. I, I think things.
0: so as well. Um, I certainly came as a guest before we adopted to see what it would all be like. So, yes, you're tro- treading a well-trodden path. So whereabouts are you in the process at the moment?
2: So um, we will start discussions with this, a social worker to and uh, training on the second stage, and we're expecting by the end of this year to uh, go through the approval panel and probably going through the family finding uh, stage to the family finding stage.
1: Uh, probably that would be, well, finger-crossed everything goes well, that will be probably maybe next year, I think, uh, you know, the whole family finding because our social worker has informed us that it's quite rare during December for new placements, because obviously it's, it's Christmas and it's quite sensitive period and understandably so. So we don't we're not looking to do any family finding until next year. So we mentally prepared like this coming following months. It will be intense training during stage two, and I think that's that. Yeah, currently that's where we are.
0: And I'm interested if talking to some of the other parents has made you think differently about what child or children you might want, or if you've got any other reflections from your days here so far.
2: Um, No, I think they've helped crystallise more or less what we want. Okay, that's good. (laughs) So um, in the beginning of the process, we were kind of like thinking, what kind of gender we want, we wouldn't mind at all if it was a boy or a girl. But as as things went along, we've we've come to think that a boy will get more of the needs that they will have that will be satisfied by by us, because we have that experience of growing up as boys and and knowing exactly what they would come and and what kind of issues they may face. So we would be helping them.
0: Yes, yeah, so you feel like drawing on your own experience would be beneficial. Mm. Yeah. And Yanis, you tell me that you're on the autistic spectrum. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how that's been in the process so far?
1: Yes, of course. Um, Let me start by saying that I wasn't aware until a couple of years back. So up until the point, uh, I think it was four or five years ago, that I was uh, seeing, um, I was talking with um, a therapist and then they actually decided at some point, they said, you know, can I, is it okay if I actually do a test? If i make you do a test and then we discuss the results and she said that i am the i am on the high functioning autism scale uh, which actually made a lot of sense um, because uh, up until that point i was thinking that you know what oh i'm you know this weird person or uh, with weird habits or whatever and Suddenly, all those boxes started getting into place and making sense, and then realizing that you know what, this is not just me be, me being difficult. There is an underlying situation here, and also I started reading some books, finding some more, um, finding uh, read, reading online more about it, and then also what helped me a lot uh, it was that. Um, my G p put me on antidepressants as well, mm-hmm. uh, not to treat uh, depression uh, but to actually help me cope with anxiety. right, yes and that has made a lot of difference in my everyday life uh, because it it felt like you know uh, a cloud lifted off and then I could actually feel my places fall into uh, sorry, my thoughts fall into places, and now I think that it's way much easier for both of us to actually function. Um, At the same time, I think, now having been sort of through the other end, I think I can actually understand better if a child that has some similar experiences, is I can help them better, because I think that I have been noticing some behaviors here in the camp, um, and I'm thinking, oh, you know what, yeah, the, the underlying reason why they might behave like this is not because uh, they're being rowdy or uh, for other reasons. It's just because they might have some a condition that is not obviously visibly seen. So we must be really careful on when we are sort of judging other people. Like, yeah, you don't know what's happening up in their head. And I think it gives me quite a clear perspective for both me and Dimitris as well, because he's been so supportive um, of uh, the condition. It gives us a quite unique insight on how to sort of let's say get into the other person's shoes if it makes sense
0: i understand completely um i like that these days we're talking more about neurodiversity and about us all being wired differently and it just being a variation in wiring rather than it used to be called a disorder and so on didn't it so understanding things as You know, you're wired one way, I'm wired a different way, and just figuring out then how to meet in the middle. I think that's a better way of doing it. And you're right, that is what you will do when you adopt, is figure out how to work with that child, whatever they're wired like. So, yeah. Demetrius, so you were together um, with Yanis when the diagnosis came?
2: Yes. So we have, at the point, we have been together for about eight years, and we were getting ready to get married. Um, And then um, uh, Yanis was always getting into some kind of tantrums and some kind of meltdowns, and our, our, our social circle would usually come to me and give us a, some give me some feedback, saying that he's spoiled and then probably he needs a little bit of of discipline or something like that. But personally, I could see that what he was doing wasn't because he was just being a difficult uh, character or personality. He was actually having difficulty in communicating what exactly he wanted. So I understood that that was something I had to have patience about. So when when Yanis received the, um, the uh, diagnosis for the autism spectrum, again guess he said, we got like a puzzle was completed because we started understanding how behaviors were being affected and and it also gave us the opportunity of looking on how we will be able to plan ahead and be able to know exactly what to do in order for him not to become, not to go into some kind of a, um, a fight or flight mode, what what we would usually call it. So we, we are preparing ourselves and then getting planned things. So we're much better equipped. <laughs>
1: At the same time, we have been discussing with uh, some of the parents here, and some of them have been saying that, yes, it is quite important for children to have a specific regimen, regimen? Yes? A routine. Ruti- routine, a routine. Yes. routine mm-hmm. yeah. It's a specific routine that they have need to have, like, order and planning. And at the same time, as soon as I was listening to that, I was thinking, hmm, okay, I can definitely provide that. <laughs> because this is my kind of yes. thing. <laughs> so for me, it is quite helpful. And as I said earlier, without wanting to repeat myself, it, is, it does give me a unique perspective. Um, it's like, um, you know, the, the movie, Inside John Markovitz's yes, Head? Yes. <laughs> I sometimes feel like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> it sounds, though, like without this diagnosis, You were in a much worse place and possibly couldn't have considered adoption. Is that correct to say?
1: Yes, that is absolutely correct. I don't think I could have handled anything as complex as that because it is quite a complex process, and you need to be. I'm not going to say I was going to say quite ready, but you're never ready. You're constantly learning and uh, obviously evolving at the same time. But I do feel more ready and more secure in myself that yes, I can actually handle. it some of the situations that are going to be thrown uh, towards us.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, so it's it's interesting though, isn't it? Because some people think of a diagnosis of something as a negative, but for you it seems like with that diagnosis came the opening of
1: doors and opportunities. It is, and that's what our social worker has been saying, that please don't see it as a negative because a negative experience that you might have or what you may think as a negative uh, characteristic, it actually gives you a unique perspective and it gives you an inside info and it gives you strengths. So your weakness, what you perceive as a weakness might be actually your biggest strength.
0: I'm so glad they've said that to you because we that was never said to us when we applied and so I thought that our in quotes negatives were negatives and I didn't really figure that out till much later. So I'm really glad that you're being encouraged to present this as a positive and the strengths it brings. And like you say, the ability to provide routine and empathy for why a child might need rigid routine could be one of those things.
1: I I think at this point, I just need to give big shout out to our social worker because she's been really helpful and really understanding. And because she has her um, own experience with uh, autism Mm -hmm. and I think she's, she's pushing me uh to to explore that more and more and more and sometimes i do say to the meters, oh i think she she's working against us but then at the same time when i'm actually thinking more clearly uh and realizing oh you know what no she's not she's actually doing that because she knows what's best for both of us and for the child that's going to be placed with
2: us so yeah big shout out
0: <laughs> that's lovely because
2: the biggest hurdles we will be going through Will help us be prepared, more prepared for the adoption process. So when the child finally comes with to our home, we will be relieved that we went through a very difficult situation, and we will find that the routine that we can provide for this specific child can be managed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also, if you were, you know, struggling with what you characterized as meltdowns, then I guess. If your relationship has survived that and then survived the change brought about by a diagnosis, then that's a robust relationship to survive those things. We want to think it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely
1: want to think it is, yeah. We've been through some rough patches as a couple, and as individuals, but uh, I think the biggest, you know what I always try to say is that um, as an advice in general, be friends with your significant other first. Um, and then partners, mm. because if you have a solid base as a friendship, then everything can come along and you build, use that as a foundation, and then you can build everything on top to that, of that. Yes, I think that's probably really good advice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And also, uh, you were telling me that you had to come out to family abroad, um, Yanis. And so, can you say a little bit about that, how it came up, and then what happened from
1: there? Yes, of course. Um, So, one of the, when we started the adoption process, um, which was fun enough, it seems ages ago, but hope it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, one of the prerequisites was that we needed to um, A, change houses because obviously we were living in a smaller apartment that could not accommodate a child. Um, And also I needed to come out to my father. So my my, uh, mother and sister up to this point, they were both aware of uh, me being gay. And they were quite okay. I mean, my father, my sister, sorry, uh, she was more than uh, happy, supportive. Uh, My mother is, so I'm coming from uh, Greece, uh, which is uh, a little bit backwards (laughs) in anything that has to do with uh, homosexuality and um, gay rights, same sex uh rights in general um so my mother is that how should i put it my mother is okay but she's accepting it no sorry so she's tolerating it yes uh but not fully accepting it now the uh, I hadn't come out to my father uh the reason behind that was that i've always had a strenuous relationship with him um huge fight since i was a child um, so I was always, like, hide, not exactly hiding, um, but not, let's say, forthcoming about mm-hmm. my entire uh, identity. So when I wrote them a letter and I came out to him, I said that, you know what, I'm the, still the same person. I'm the, still the same Yanis that you've always loved. Um, this, I've got the same values that you actually taught to me. Um, so it's up to you if you want to have a relationship. But, you know, I am, will, I am here. Just ask me anything. You And that was the last time I actually spoke to him because since then we had a couple of uh, typical um, emails for, uh, you know, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, but then um, nothing like that because he didn't even have to have that typical relationship, that just formal relationship with with me. In all fairness, I do feel a bit bitter because it does feel like uh, I was judged for who I am. Yes. But at the same time, I feel like it's his loss because, um, well, A, he won't have a relationship with his son, but B, they won't have, he won't have a relationship with their grandchild, in essence. Um, despite actually him <laughs> whining to my sister that, oh, I'm never going to see uh,
2: grandchildren.
0: Right. And so now he has the opportunity and has opted out. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly his his sister has been telling us that um, because she does communicate with him that he, he wants to communicate with Yanis but his principle doesn't allow it yeah right so we're kind of like wondering why would he give more priority to priority to his principles against the, the love that he can have from his children
1: and what are those kind of principles that you actually? One of those principles is not a language; to up to your own child, flesh and blood.
0: Yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really sad, but I don't really know what else you can do at the moment. Do you think he will remain in this position, or do you think he might come around?
1: I want to hope that he eventually he will change because he will realize that it is a uh, it's his own let's say mistake. It's. Uh, regret, mm-hmm. that's what I would say, uh, because when my grandfather died, he did say that he regretted not having spent more time cl- being closer to him, actually, because uh, they lived nearby, uh, but also at the same time that he didn't have a closer relationship with him. So now that he had this opportunity to not make the same mistake with his own child, he's doing exactly the same mistake with yes. like <laughs> his father. So I want to hope
2: that at some point he will regret it.
0: Yes. And what about you, Dimitris? Are you out to your family? Do you have family back in Greece?
2: So, um, my father died when I was a teenager, um, so he never found out. I came out to my mother a little after he died, and I could say that our relationship was a little bit strained in the beginning. But in the end, she did put priority on having a relationship with me and we did have a good relationship. Uh, But sadly, she died two years, three years ago, sorry, three years ago. But up until then, our relationship was really good and I do have a good relationship with my brother. Generally, I have always tried to be a little bit more open because living in, in small societies in Greece, because I was living in a smaller town than, than the capital, um, you could see that there was a lot of gay people hiding in the closet and every, everyone would know it and everyone would discuss it. But being open and knowing that I was gay i never heard that anyone was gossiping behind my back about me. So it's about just whatever you disclose and whatever you don't, and then society can finally accept what it is that you are having, um, who you are, and and accept you for who you are. I think that I tried my best. I won't be the person that's going to present yourself like, oh, hello, I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, I'm not going to lie about it Mm.
0: as well. And that seems like a good balance. Do you feel prepared to care for a child or children um, and obviously being out to the child and explaining that the extended family situation is a bit more complex?
1: Um, One thing that I wanted to say before answering that is that yes, definitely. um, And also really appreciate the fact that how different things are here in the UK Mm. rather than in Greece because back in Greece even just considering... Adopting as a same-sex same, child, same sex couple, it's not even possible. Okay. So this is a huge opportunity. And um, I won't lie, because, you know, having the upbringing of the constantly fear of criticism, that has been something that is in the back of my head, that, oh, it will they it will someone see us in the street and say, oh, look at the gays with the child. But at the same time, I think one other huge aspect of being the summer camp of a, family, so a new family social is being surrounded by all those families and being be, seeing how normal i don't like that word in lack of better how you, mainstream how mainstream yeah it or is? even
0: mundane isn't mundane, it it's mundane, it, family yeah, stuff yes exactly yes. how
1: mundane it is because you don't see two moms or two dads or you just see people yes with their with their children if it makes sense and I guess I am I'm, I'm I think I'm feeling more and more ready to actually tell them about the situation. and if they ask about their grandparents, uh, their adoptive grandparents, I will definitely explain the situation, but I will try to instill that this is not your fault. Yes. This is something between uh, daddy and his father. Yes, there's nothing to do with you um, because obviously you don't want to feel the child that it's being rejected mm-hmm. or not being loved or whatever.
0: yeah thank you and I think it's interesting what you say about people seeing you on the straight my experience with that is that they will assume anything except that you are a couple with a child they will go to any mental gymnastics to come up with some other explanation. so it must be brothers with a child or two best friends with a child but as for that's two dads and their baby Almost, yeah. oh, we're never assumed to be a child uh, yeah. a family it
1: just never never happens no never I mean even when you're booking a hotel oh you're brothers yes <laughs> and then it, all you can do is just cream it's <laughs> awful isn't it it's absolutely awful <laughs>
0: Me and Jackie, when we were first together, we went to Holland for a weekend and we um booked this hotel and when we got there they put us in a twin room and we wanted a double room. And we we're daring each other to go to the desk and ask for a double room instead. And this was Holland and eventually we like pushed each other forward and I think probably Jackie said it, I can't imagine it was me. Just like, Oh sorry, could we please have a double room instead? We're like, Yeah, it's fine. We're like, Oh my god, it was fine, it was fine, run away, <laughs> run away. So, um, but I'm going back a bit. I think we'd be a bit braver now, but yeah.
2: Because we're living in a In a small town, we we do have some kind of, the back of our heads, an anxiety about how will society accept us and and, and tolerate us and then see us as just a simple family. Um, But the truth is that recently we have discovered that there are other same-sex families in the area that we live, so we're thinking that that is a a good sign of where we are now living.
0: Yeah, I think things are changing a lot, aren't they? I think, you know, the world's pretty different and mm. the kids here, you know, they're all so cool with it all. They're just not bothered, um, you know, and don't seem to think their friends are that bothered either. So, yeah, that's that's <laughs> quite good.
1: Yeah, I was really amazed by the fact that um, when we were doing one of the activities, one of the children came up and asked us, oh, are you together? Are you dating? And my response was, uh, oh, no, no, we're, just, uh, we're not just dating, we're husbands. And their response was like, oh, okay, cool, fine. Yes. It's so amazing seeing that. I mean, and I have such a huge high hope for the new generation because everything seems so normal to them and everything seems so nonchalant because it doesn't matter. We just have two people being in love with each other and that's how it should be.
0: I agree. My daughter came home from school and she's telling me about her friends and stuff. She's like, oh, so-and-so's bye and thingy's pan. And I'm like... Oh, my God, they're all over this. I mean, they're just we all We would over
2: never imagine it. something no. like that no. when we were younger. No. That's true.
0: No, nobody was out at my school, none. <laughs> and it would have been a scandal. It would have been, even in recent years, I've heard that one of them might have actually been gay. And I'm like, oh, my God, so <laughs> he was gay? So, yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so tell me... Um, you're obviously, you know, in that assessment process and stuff, and you know, moving through that slowly, but it can be a bit of a slog. I wonder how you picture family life beyond that. Are you thinking one child, two children, three children? What are you thinking of?
2: Well, we are thinking uh, that at the at this point, uh, when we have to go through so many hurdles and so many assessments regarding the autism spectrum, um, we will probably be able to manage one child mm-hmm. now I would like to imagine that probably in the future if we've gone through the hurdle of one child we may adopt a second but that is something to be seen <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can see you're smiling <laughs> yeah
1: well the thing is that because I'm going to be the main carer mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can handle more than one however <laughs> and this is a big however it's being around so many families now i'm thinking oh my god what if we actually go and find you know go through the process and then we're being matched with one but then they say oh you know what they've got a, a sibling so and then i'm thinking how are we going to separate them and you, you you know you go through all these emotions and process uh, but um, i think we'll have to cross that bridge when it comes for the time being, we I think our idea is mainly something uh, like uh, one, uh, mm-hmm. preferably boy, mm-hmm. and um, can I say the age? Yes, yeah, if you've uh, got an age in mind. Yeah, um, we were thinking of something like two, between two and five, mm-hmm. because also the other aspects for us would be how we could talk, um, to, to teach them Sorry. Uh, the uh, Greek language as well, so oh, being that, bilingual.
0: That's interesting. So tell me what your thoughts are on that. I
1: would definitely like to teach them. So we've got a couple of friends, and uh, what they've been telling us is um, birth family, and they have been telling us that with their child, uh, the part they have been doing is obviously they're learning English, they're being taught English in school, and they have been uh, com- uh, they have been communicating with him in Greek but the child can choose to either talk to them in English or in Greek, but Mm -hmm. they're always constantly responding in Greek, so they know that, yeah, this is, that way, that line of communication is always in Greek, or that line of communication, have another couple that they're uh, Spanish, um, and that line of communication is Spanish, uh, so they know how, you know, just not to get their mind jumbled. Yes, Um, yes. But yeah, but always, Talk, try to talk to them in, in what you start, but what, what we've been uh, told is that in wh- whatever language you start, keep talking in the same.
0: Yes. Language. That's interesting. I've heard that some families do one parent, one language. So one parent will always communicate in, for example, Greek and the other always in English. Yeah. And the child will learn to switch. So exactly. oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so I guess a younger child will pick that up more easily, I suppose. Is that the case? Yes. That was Yes, yeah. and have the social work teams been fairly accepting of that? Yeah, they
1: have,
2: I think. I think in the beginning of the process, there was a little bit of a, an ambiguity uh, respect uh, in respect to the language and, and the bilinguality. Um, but as, as we are also our wishes into the process and, and wanting to determinately do that we are also looking into being able to and then I believe that the social worker now has accepted that we will be doing that so um, a second language we both speak to two languages I speak three so it is something that we want the child to at least have two languages to to communicate
0: Yeah, and what an amazing gift to give it, because, you know, I think, well, I'm sure you hear this a million times, everyone in the UK goes, "Oh, I wish I spoke something else. So, yeah, I think that's amazing.
1: I think the only pushback, that let's say pushback in quotes, uh, that we've had is that, yes, we're fine with it, as long as the child's developmental uh, needs are met. Yes. Um, Because sometimes uh, there might be uh, some developmental issues. So that's the only, let's say, pushback that we've had. Uh, if the child is more than capable just that they're absolutely fine with it and uh, yeah we want to push it to be trilingual okay. at some time, <laughs> at some point with the third yeah.
0: language being what uh spanish okay
1: yeah because dimitri is no spanish and he's quite fluent and i can i can understand
0: mm-hmm. They can talk about you, but you'll know what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. I can, I can understand. <laughs> and probably, if
1: you if you try if you if you try to get me to talk to you in Spanish, I will I will do it. It's just that I'm quite rusty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I mean, again, you know, what an opportunity for a child to you know have language various languages at home. So mm-hmm. absolutely, exactly. My dad speaks German, but apparently it's a bit rusty, and so he never spoke to us in German. So that's the end of yeah. that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I speak Yorkshire, so that's all right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you're obviously at quite an exciting time because I guess it's realistic that by this time next year, by the next summer camp, you could be returning with your child. Um,
1: you're <laughs> coming back, that's right? What we, we, we've yeah. been
2: com- we have been commenting with that. We've obviously want to. Um, and we were... This morning, we were having this specific conversation of will we be returning as, as volunteers or will we be returning as just parents with their child? Because it will be a little bit difficult to be volunteers and having our child <laughs> here at camp. So uh, it's speed to see. The, sh- the truth is that the, the sure thing is that we will be returning. No. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: think, but definitely, I agree with the mistress, that we will definitely, and that's a huge capital letter from me, being as, like my first experience, definitely coming back. I think it all will depend on how long the, the child yes, will have been placed with us, course. whether we will we'll return as volunteers or just family. But I was thinking that even if we can't come as volunteers next year, definitely the year after. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> things, well, that, that's good. Things, everything goes well. Uh, purely, mainly because um, if the child has not been placed with us for quite a while, it's, uh, Quite a while. There might have been like attachment issues. So you want to form the bond first, because, for example, if we come as volunteers, obviously we'll be having to pay attention to the other children Mm -hmm. until they come. So you don't want to think the child like feeling left behind. So that's my pure yeah, no, behind
0: it. I think that's completely logical. Um, with volunteers, with children, we, teach, we treat you as half a volunteer each. So we only wrote to you one at a time. Oh, so, right, right, right see, right, right. I've solved the problem. I'll sign you up. <laughs> there you are then. Just sign here. Sign, sign, <laughs> sign
1: here your name for <laughs> next year. <laughs>
0: I wonder if you both have any advice for people who are thinking about adopting or fostering.
1: Um, I would say there's never enough uh, right time. Because that's what happened with us. We were always waiting for the right time. So quite a while, some time passed. Um, So there was never a perfect time. Just look deep inside you and see if you have the strength and if you have mental capacity to go for it, but be totally 100% sure that you wanna go for it and that you do have that love inside you to just give to another person because what you don't want to is, uh, and I have heard some of the situations like people being, starting the adoption, going uh, going through the matching process and everything, introductions, and then happening, adoption breakdowns happening. Uh, so just make a 100% to be, both well fit in. And also on the, in terms of the process, don't be afraid to devote anything that you might think as a negative because it actually might turn as a positive thing.
0: That's lovely advice. Um, When we were talking about parenting, I read an article in The Guardian and it said something about when is the best time to parent, it's never and it's now. And it was like, let's get on with it, shall we? So that was what got us motivated.
1: (laughs) Oh, and one last piece of advice. My therapist has actually, this is not me, this is from my therapist. Best parent is the one that feels guilt because you're making mistakes and you feel guilt about it and then you actually try to correct them. So that don't don't be afraid to make mistakes because we're all human and we learn from them.
0: Yeah, that's definitely my parenting is a lot of mistakes to <laughs> and back <what> I'm saying, <laughs> and to back.
2: And this is just... this is what we've we've been in the last let's say um, half a year that we've been in the process. We've been trained to to understand that we're not getting into this process to become infallible as parents, like everyone wants to think that parents are. It's about understanding that we will be making mistakes, but we will also have the strength to correct them. So if, if some anybody feels that they can do that, they're, they're already good, be, good for being parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's fabulous advice. Thank you so much to both of you for talking to me today.
2: Thank you. thank you.
0: I'd like to thank my guests today, Dimitris and Yanis. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at LGBT Adopt Foster and on Facebook search New Family Social or one word. Visit our website at newfamiliesocial.org.uk. Adoption, Fostering and Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next week with more guests and more tea.